0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co host, Ed Carbajal. And on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. This week, we have the pleasure to welcome in uh, one of the busiest men in MMA, a freelance journalist james lynch james thanks for joining us
1: hey thanks for having me guys big fan of the show and uh, i also work for all access this is great it's uh kind of puts everything together here so thanks for having me on guys
2: thank you for coming man i mean we you and i actually contribute to a lot of the same places so uh i mean thanks to you uh, i mean one of i know you hooked me up with the one gig but uh i mean you know we've uh we've definitely uh, again uh one of the things I, 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 that hit me after we were chatting earlier today through messaging was that uh, I think now that we've had you on, we, we've, we've pretty much had the original band of uh, Flow Combat on this podcast because uh, we've had Hunter, we had Nolan, and you, I think the only one missing is Dwayne.
1: Yeah, and he's Dwayne's tough to track down. So I would almost put that as like a mulligan. But uh but yeah, you know what? It's funny you mentioned flow because like I was thinking about that the other day of like what that site could have been. And it's uh it's such a bummer because like that there was so much potential there. And you yeah. know, I know the business and I know they got to do things the way they, they do it, but we had a really good team back then, and it's uh it's kind of a bummer what what happened. But hey, I mean that's that's life. What site I was just thinking, what site did I uh don't mean to change topics here? What site did I end up hooking you up with? I don't remember that
2: mmanews.com oh
1: i was the re- okay gotcha gotcha okay yeah
2: i mean it was through you that i you know you gave me the contact info and then they brought me on after i sent them my stuff and mm. now they have me doing the the sunday video thing and, and the submission it, every uh, sunday guys yeah. MMA news. got to go check it out there you go yeah.
0: before you met ed uh what got you into mma uh what and uh, and what led you to the uh media side of it
1: I'll give you the short version because uh, the long version we won't have enough time for. But uh, no, I always tell people this. I wanted to be a hockey broadcaster, hockey reporter. That was always the goal. And then when I, when I got in college, I got hooked on the Ultimate Fighter, um, started watching the UFC, started watching Pride. I was a tough noob, as they called us back in the day. And uh, from there, it was like, you know, just a fan. And then uh, I ended up working um, at the time when I was um, going to university, I ended up moving to Toronto for an internship. And then I ended up uh, working at the Fight Network. Uh, which was crazy because uh, Moro Ronaldo was there at the time, uh, John Pollock. Uh, there was just a lot of really talented people there at the time. And it's finally like, I, you know, I'm getting to work in an environment where there's people who speak my language. Because, you know, back, back, if you guys remember back in like 2005, 2006, um, you know, the MMA was like, there was only like a select few people that would like watch the cards and stuff. It was like kind of this cool secret that everyone had. So like, I, you know, I remember like trying to get my friends to watch it, and some of them were into it, but not as much as I was. And then from there it was just, uh, you know, years later, just started freelancing on the side, got my first ever like paid gig. Um, you I mean outside of fight network, obviously was at uh, MMA odds breaker, which Nick Kalikas, if you guys see him on uh, that show, they do on UFC fight pass. I owe him a ton for my career because he's the guy that really took a chance on me early on. And basically fast forward to October of 2017. Um, I became a dad, and I couldn't do you know the freelance stuff on the side, and you know have a full time job. I was working in digital media, and uh, I talked to my wife, and sort of sat down, and we crunched the numbers. I was like, you know what? I could probably do this full time if I just like got on with a few other outlets, and that's basically what I did. Um, and then, um, and yeah, so I, I left my job and uh, did freelance up until uh, May of 2019. Ended up uh, being brought on by a, a company uh, that hired me as their senior MMA news editor. That ended in July, and now I'm back to freelancing. So there you go. There's, the, there's the short version. But it was it was the Ultimate Fighter that really got me into uh, into MMA. And I'll just add in one more little tidbit too. Like I was a I was a pro wrestling fan like early in my early in my life for a couple of years uh, during the Attitude Era. So I think that sort of fandom for pro wrestling also came into uh, MMA as well because like you sort of gravitated towards certain fighters, and that's what got me into being a fan.
0: Where did That's the podcast cool. fit in there? Real, real quick.
1: So, so yeah, yeah, no problem. So uh, so the podcast started uh, initially it was an audio podcast. This is how far back this was. So Adam Martin, a buddy of mine, who I ended up meeting on Twitter, but we both lived in Toronto at the time. Uh, Adam uh, was um, was was also freelancing as well for for MMA Odds Breaker, and uh, we ended up doing just it was initially started as an audio podcast then i started doing like a uh, separate part of the podcast which was just the video interviews and that's that was sort of like my thing and it was just like you know it was called like i think it was called like the parting shot one on one or something like that and then i did that up until um yeah and then that sort of carried on up until uh, may of 2019 but uh now the podcast is just me on my own doing it on my channel but uh but initially it was it was Adam Martin and i who who started doing it and it's uh, adam's still a good friend we uh he actually came to my wedding uh, back a couple of years ago and uh yeah it's just crazy like how how we've still been around in this industry
2: yeah it's pretty cool man i mean uh i think you just mentioned it one of the questions i had for you was because i remember when i fr- when you first came up on my feeds and stuff and i started watching your content was uh was was uh i think it was parting shot that's the one that had like the orange and gray graphic yeah. theme yeah the orange yeah. yeah yeah so that's 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 how i first uh, found out about you and then you know, when we finally met in New York when, uh, I think that was Bellator's first car or no, that was the first UFC when we met in New York, when you were with flow, right? One of them.
0: I was
1: there for Bellator too. Yeah. It was, yeah. um, it might've been two Oh five was the first one. I was there for Sportsnet Um, but I know Dwayne and Hunter were there for flow because that was like one of their first like couple events that I think they were doing. So, but I think, yeah, it was, it was one of them either way. I remember meeting you years ago, that bar in New York. I can't remember the name of it, but we went there all the time after, remember when yeah. they used to, shows in new york so
2: beer authority yeah <laughs> yeah yes that's <laughs> the- <laughs> but then we i mean obviously we had a few more beers at the every other time in new york that you were there for uh the brooklyn card with ufc 208 when we uh, you, you was me you hunter and the uh, no, not that john jones who is oh yes the- john jones <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah. right <laughs> so yeah no i mean I, I mean it's a long time but it's 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 it doesn't feel that long ago until you start looking back at it but um uh with your career, one of the things I wanted to ask you, I I had, I had tweeted a comment at you uh, when uh, you had talked about how you're doing uh, the freelance gigs for all the places that you write for or contribute to now. Um, The, uh, the, I was saying it to Matt before you came on too. What does it feel like to see so many, like you see ESPN and everybody doing, it's pretty much what I call the James Lynch interview style, (laughs) which is, you know, the, the screen, you know, split and you and the athlete with a, with a nice graphic it's like i feel like you're kind of the og or the originator of that so uh, how do you feel when you see that i mean i know you're not somebody that likes to pat his own back but i just was curious of your take
1: well, I actually wasn't the first. Um, you know, So for me, I actually sort of got that model from Frank Trigg. Frank Trigg actually used to do interviews at MMA Oddsbreaker, and um, I remember seeing him do it. And uh, and I was like, you know, I can do this. And I didn't want to step on Frank's toes. So at the time, I really focused on prospects. Like, if you go back and watch, there's, I don't know how many interviews for like Titan FC back in the day, like all these smaller promotions. And, um, and, and so that's, like, I, I was probably the one that like did the most at the time. And I think even now I'm still doing more video interviews than anyone else. But I knew this was going to happen because when the pandemic hit, like, I remember when, um, uh, and by the way, I love talking about this stuff. I don't get to talk about this enough. The industry, it's so interesting to me because there's no like clear cut path on like where to go. So I always love like sharing stories. But um, yeah, I remember when, er, do you guys remember when the pandemic hit? And I remember Ariel had uh, Colby Covington on his show and he did like an Instagram live thing. And I remember thinking like, this is at ESPN and you guys are doing like an Instagram live. I was like, figured you guys would do what I was doing, which is like the split screen. Now they're doing it. But do you remember initially, like they were just doing sort of the Instagram live thing. And I remember thinking like, this is kind of surprising coming from ESPN and I'm not throwing shade at them. I just, I think they just didn't know how to prepare for that. And I was surprised that more people didn't start doing video interviews. Um, But to your point, I do notice now that like, there's so many people doing video interviews. Now, like when I started, it was like me, Frank Trigg, Karen Bryant did MMA Heat, which is like a remote video thing as well. But that was it. There wasn't many of us out there. And then, of course, a lot of people that were doing audio into video like Mike Hecht and, you know, others as well um, who've sort of, you know, made that transition to video. But I think it's cool. You know, like people know me as the video guy. I'll take it. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's been sort of, it was just a thing I figured out and, you know, I was able to make money off it and made it into a career. I never thought I'd be doing this. It's crazy.
2: I got a, predict- a prediction for you. This is what's mm-hmm. going to happen for your career. Yeah, some some streaming app is going to scoop you up to make you their exclusive guy. So uh, it's not going to be the zone, but something like that is going to is going to scoop you up for and, and you're going to be the guy for that, because I really do think. Uh, I mean, I know you said you're not the originator, but I mean, as far as I can tell, I mean, everybody, everybody's uh, biting your style. So, I mean, you know, take it as a compliment and uh, I, look I, at I, Ed I'm, Fishing I'm, here for another free beer here, man. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> Uh, that, that's
1: great. No, seriously, I, I really, I really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I just like what I do. And I'm glad that people like the, con- I'm glad that people like what I do. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's cool for me that way. And yeah, you know, look, um, if the right opportunity came around, uh, you know, I, I'm open to whatever at this point, I like freelancing right now. It's nice. I sort of control everything. I can, you know, choose when I want to work. I can choose to, you know, like today I had a really busy day today, but uh, you know, I can take sort of tomorrow and make it a little bit easier. I can focus on writing and doing some other stuff. So I like that freedom there. Um, but yeah, it would have to be sort of the right situation, but I will say, and I've mentioned this on my podcast, like I'm not moving. I love being back here in Vancouver. I moved back, uh, back here in 2018. This is where I grew up. Um, and, and that's one thing where, you know, I've been pretty adamant about like, I just, I'm not leaving. I love being back home. Um, I'm on West coast time again. Uh, you know, Matthew knows what I'm talking about here with, uh, with, <laughs> with the time zones. It's much oh, yeah. easier fights and just my family's here and stuff too. And I I, like, I got a three-year-old, so it's nice to just, uh, you know, be back home with family, but yeah, if something came up and it was remote, I'm totally down. And I know most of those jobs are, but I just throw that out there anyways, because people are like ESPN or whatever. And it's like, yeah, if they made me move, I don't think I'd take it. Honestly, I don't think I would. I love being back here. It's great.
0: So, uh, you know, when I started doing this podcast with Ed, a lot of it for me was just to keep being around the sport, Uh, just a fan, done some writing, some, you know, but just a a major fan of the sport for a couple decades now. So I I had an opportunity to meet a lot of the fighters throughout all the years. For you, you kind of jumped into the media stuff a little quicker. I know you said you were a tough noob. So there was a gap there. Was there ever a point where you interviewed somebody and you were, what was the first time you were really starstruck or maybe you're not starstruck, but what was the first interview you were at did where you were like, Holy shit, that's, that's Fedor. That's, you know, Brock Lesnar or Couture, whoever the heck it was. Uh, did, did you ever have a situation like
1: that? Well, I just remember like my first big interview back in the day. And it's someone that I still interview on a regular basis now. And it's Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I mean, this was a couple of years ago. Not, you know, not like a Fader or anything, but, uh, but yeah, back then that was big. I remember covering the McGregor Diaz card. The first one where Diaz won. That was the first event I ever covered in Vegas. So that was crazy. Um, I didn't like, like I just, you know, being around Connor McGregor doing like the media scrum and stuff. That was cool. Um, I remember doing, uh, I mean, this was years later, but when they did the press conference for the Maymac, they did one in Toronto. And I got like a couple seconds with Floyd Mayweather, but still like to get to talk to him, that was pretty, that was pretty cool. I'll tell you another one. And this actually ties into what Ed was talking about in New York. I got to interview Herschel Walker. Like that was friggin' awesome, man. Like I'm not even like a big football fan, but like I remember growing up watching Herschel Walker, like on TV and like to get to interview him, like at a Bellator event, I thought was super cool. Um, But you guys know, I mean, I I assume, I don't know if you know this map, but Ed, you know this, like Gegard Mousasi, he's like my favorite fighter ever and so to get to interview him like one-on-one like in person and stuff was also like definitely bucket list because i'm I'm just a huge fan of his i, I love watching him fight
0: is that yeah, because he, you're the fight network used to carry all those uh the dream events and stuff yeah. didn't they back then is we that did, where you kind of got into him
1: yeah. And like, and, and I just, there was something about him. Cause he was such an awkward guy. You know, what's so funny about Gagar too, is that if you go and watch like his old, like post fight interviews, he was really awkward. Like it yeah. wasn't like how he is now where he's very clever and kind of funny. He's, he's like learned how to like channel that into humor. But like, if you go watch his like post fight interview when he fought in K1, it's really awkward, and I just found something fascinating about that where you have this guy who's so, like, kind of, you know, a little, little bit nerdy almost, like, outside the cage, and then inside the cage is <laughs> this killer, like, when he upkicked Jacare or when he submitted Dennis Kang. Like, there was all these moments that I remember in his career where it's like, oh, my God, this guy's, like, incredible, and there's just no one like him in the sport. Even now, like, there's no one like Gaygard. It's rare. He's a very unique guy.
2: Yeah, he – uh, uh I, I spoke to him, uh, Mark, the week of the pandemic, the week the pandemic launched because they had the bellator presser in, in viacom that monday and um i mean he was like you said he was there he wasn't dressed up he had just a, a sweatshirt on and a pair of jeans and and uh he was super all he actually made a comment that that that's what kind of like when i interviewed him i was like what do you mean he said i don't he's like i don't really feel like fighting when i lose it's usually because i don't just i just really don't feel like fighting but but this time i feel like fighting so i think i'll do well and I just thought that was such a, uh, a funny comment from him, but super nice guy. And I, I can see why, uh, why he's, he's fun to talk to. Um, the, uh, the thing you said about the, how you, you don't get to do enough stuff about uh, the industry related stuff. You used to do uh, uh, on your YouTube channel. and I know it's probably a time issue, but are you ever going to br- bring back the uh, MMA industry uh, podcast thing you used to do?
1: Yeah, we'll see if I could find an outlet that would be willing to let me do it. And, and I could because, you know, it's time's money. Like everything I do is pretty much like if if I like I get a lot of, um you know, the outlets I work for, it's paper content. So like if I'm doing content, it basically means like, th- how am I spending my hour? So I mean, I do the, the you know, the podcast on my channel. I do that every week. I do a Q&A every week. Um, you know, those are the sort of the two like free things I do every week. I, I, you know, I'll consider it. The problem is obviously viewership. Like, I think that it just doesn't bring in the type of, uh, you know, numbers that I think an outlet would want. Like, when I was doing it for Fightful, they were cool with it. And then they obviously were like, well, the views aren't good. So we got to switch up. But I just thought it was unique. Like, and, and I think there is an audience for people like us who, you know, are fascinated by the industry and learning about how people, you know, blaze their path, so to speak, because it's just not talked about. Like, there's no blueprint. I get people hitting me up all the time asking me about advice and like how I do this and that. And, And it's like, and I'm happy to do it because like, there was really no one for me when I got in there, I had to figure it out on my own. And, you know, I definitely made some mistakes early on. So I think it's, uh, it's really interesting, like just, you know, the the people that work in this industry. And I think there's a big misconception too, with a lot of fans of, of the media that covers the industry. Like, I mean, you guys know this, but like, if you had to give a percentage of people that like do this full time that have like a salary job for like one outlet, it's probably like 20% of the industry. Most people are people that just you know do this on the side and have a day job because it's just not a lucrative industry to make a living in. I mean, I've I, I can do it, but that also I'm probably working way harder than a lot of other people. I got so much going on uh, where I'm able to make it work. And thank God I am because like, I mean, I was ready after after things, you know, uh, things uh, I left my previous job. Um, you know, I wasn't sure. I was like th- thinking maybe I got to do go back to you know digital media. Maybe I got to start digging ditches like I, it doesn't matter. I knew I wanted to do this on the side, but uh, the fact that I'm able to do a full time is awesome. So, yeah, I'm uh, to answer your question. That was kind of a long answer. Um, yeah, I'd love to bring it back. It just has to be the right situation.
2: Yeah, um, I guess uh, we should get into the uh, predictions for UFC 253. Because you are a busy man, and I know you got some stuff lined up for later that you can feel free to plug whenever you want. Uh, By the way, I dropped the link to your YouTube channel in the description of this, so folks could check out uh, James' stuff there. But uh, I know Matt likes to start from the from the first main main. uh, Right, Matt? You like to start from the first fight in the card? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: We can start it there. That's the top five. Um, So the opening bout right now scheduled: Hakeem. Dawood you can help me out Dawadu, I'm sorry <laughs> and this one and this one uh you know Zabari uh Tuhugav? Tuhugav?
1: I butchered his name too on the podcast Monday it's it's yeah. uh, yeah, don't <laughs> ZBR, I, don't, I don't know T- Habib's teammate that's what I refer to him as
0: ZT um <laughs> I'm, uh, I'll go with the guy I can't pronounce his name in the Russian I'm not super uh up on I mean I I, I know uh Dawodu. Um that would do <laughs> But oh, uh
2: trying, Matt just tells your pick. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I'm, I'm gonna go with the, the the Russian by by decision, uh, because Russians win a lot of fights by decision.
1: <laughs> yeah, um I uh I mean I know hooking quite well. I followed his career sort of leading, you know, before the UFC. If you remember, he was in World Series of Fighting uh, as well. Um, you know, he had a really bad UFC debut. If you remember, he lost to Danny Henry in like seconds got mm. submitted real quick but he hasn't lost since and uh, hakeem's i i still think we haven't seen the best hakeem duatu yet um he trains at a champions creed in calgary which is uh, not like a super like gym or anything like that uh he's just sort of like the the big dog there at that gym but uh, he hasn't fought in a while so that's a bit concerning he last fought actually at ufc 244 where he got that split decision went over julio arce so a bit of a layoff coming into this one almost uh well not a year but you know almost close enough And uh, Zubiara, uh, he came off a nice win over Kevin Aguilar in his last fight. Aguilar's a pretty tough guy to finish, and he finished him in the first round. So really impressive win here. Um, I'm with you guys, though. I'm going on. I'm going with the Russian here. Um, I think the layoff. I think the fact that um, you know both guys have been kind of inconsistent. Like even DeWadu's who's had some wins, but uh, like I said, he's been undefeated. I should say since his debut, but he just hasn't like blown me away with with what I think he's capable of. It might be this fight. Maybe he does look amazing in this one. But I, I got to go on the guy who's you know shown a little bit more in the cage, and that's the Russian. So I'm going to go with him in this fight, and I'll take him by decision as well because Haheem pretty tough to finish outside of that loss that he had, um, which was by submission.
2: Yeah, I, um I'm I think I'm with you guys. I'm going with uh with uh Khabib's teammate like you said. Um just uh if you train with that man, you you probably have a slight edge <laughs> over a lot of other people. But um yeah, so that's what I'll go with too. I, I'll, uh, I'll, I won't be unique in, in my decision on that one. Uh,
0: then that moves us to Caitlin Vieira versus Sajara Eubanks. Uh Eubanks coming off of uh, two big wins, uh, just recently over, uh,
1: uh, Sarah Morrison, S- uh, Julia Adela. Uh,
0: yeah. And, uh, Kayla Vieira coming off of the, uh, devastating KO loss to Irene Aldana at UFC 245. I, I you know, initially I, I Vieira because she was undefeated 10 and 0, Uh, but I feel like maybe, uh, Eubanks is going to start living up to a little bit of that, uh, Ultimate Fighter hype. I mean, most people thought she would have probably walked away with the championship had she been able to to make weight and, and not have issues uh, around the finale. So I'm going to go with Sajari Eubanks. I, I her record is not that impressive at seven and four, but I feel like she's she's the up and comer. Um, I'll also go by submission, maybe late round TKO if if they end up uh, if she ends up on top on the ground. But uh, I-, I lean Eubanks in this one. I, th- I think she's a- on the way up here.
1: Yeah, this is a closer fight than people give it credit for. Vieira, on paper, is the better fighter. She's younger. She's got a height and reach advantage in this fight. Um, Hasn't fought since December. I mean, I think the only edge here Sarge has is that she's really strong and that she has two wins this year already. Like you mentioned, Vieira hasn't fought since that knockout loss to uh, Aldana, which would have got her a title shot. You guys remember if she would have beat Aldana, she was going to fight Amanda Nunes next. That didn't happen. Uh, Aldana uh, sort sort of halted that. Um, this is just a case of where I think it, it's like, you know, the better fighter on paper against momentum. Like Eubanks has the momentum. She's looked great in her last two fights. I mean, Avila was a favorite heading in the last fight and Eubanks ended up shocking everyone and just dominated her. So it's possible we could see the same thing here. Am I going to go pick her though? I'm not. Uh, Eubanks, uh, people forget, well, people don't forget, but, uh, I mean, she's not young. She's 35 years old. So Vieira is, you know, a lot younger, uh, at 29. I think She's hitting the prime of her career right now. I think as long as she doesn't make any mistakes, as long as she doesn't get overconfident in this fight, I think Vieira probably takes the decision. Uh, most women's fights go to the distance. Uh, you know, I think Eubanks hasn't had a finish in, in, in a very long time. So uh, not since uh, the ultimate fighter in 2017. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll, go with that. I'll go with Vieira by decision in this fight. But if you're looking to bet this, I mean, if the line gets a little crazy here, I would even throw a little bit on Eubanks just because I think this is a 50-50 fight. I really do, just because Eubanks has that momentum, uh, really strong, really turned things around since uh, you know really uh, you know focusing our camps with Mark Henry. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but Vieira is going to be the pick.
2: It's funny you say that, James. Uh, I actually have that in my notes that I, I have it as 50-50. Um, but I am concerned with you, uh, Eubanks uh, you know, coming off of the quick turnaround for her because of her age and stuff like that. But um, like you said, as far as betting, I mean, I actually bet her last time and won some money. So it's hard oh, for yeah. me not to, you know, when you, you know, we like bet folks that like to gamble, you know, that they, 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 they get that, uh that feeling like, like lucky fighter or whatever you want to call it. So, um, but uh, I, like you said, I'll watch the lines to make a decision as far as betting goes, but I actually, because of the, the, the frequency of how often she's fought, plus it's over there in, in Abu Dhabi, I feel like, um, I feel like Vieira might actually take the win in this one. And then uh, we got to move on to the next one. Well, oh, we had Brandon on this podcast a couple weeks ago.
0: Yep. Third bout of the main card, Brandon Royval, uh, alumni of the show, takes on kara France, former Ryzen fighter, and uh, two of the top 12-ranked uh, flyweights in the world here. Uh, Ed, why don't you take the lead on this? You can tell us what you think first off.
2: Uh, I mean, uh, I'll actually default to James cause I know he's, he's, uh, He's got a he's on a schedule. So James, why don't you let us know who he oh, is? Yeah,
1: yeah, no worries. Um, I you know, I actually like Roival for the upset here. He's the underdog in this one. And I know he's only had one UFC fight, and that was a fight where he was an underdog as well against Tim Elliott. But Brandon Roival has a height and reach advantage in this fight. And I kind of feel like Kia Kiacara France, although he's, you know, won his last couple fights, I kind of feel like he's being a little bit overvalued. And I think part of that is because he trains at City Kickboxing. Um, you know, he does have a nice win over Tyson Nam, who's now come off back-to-back wins since uh, beating him, lost to Brandon Moreno, but his other wins, you know, Mark Della Rosa, Paiva. Was a split fight. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, you know, that could have gone either way. Uh, the Elias Garcia fight as well. I, I kind of feel like he's being a, a bit overlooked or a bit overhyped here. And I think Royville, I think he was a guy that should have been in the UFC a while ago. Really good wins on the regional scene. Even his losses, they were losses that you know had some circumstances. Like when he lost to Casey Kenny, that was a short notice fight. Kenny fights at bantamweight now. He's a very big. He was a very big flyweight at the time. So I kind of give Royville a pass on that one. But you know, Royville's one of those guys at Factory X that really puts the work in. He's got a good camp. He's getting to train with guys like you know Chris Gutierrez, Jonathan Martinez. As Yusuf Salal, Alex Hernandez is in there now, which by the way, Hernandez is going to be cornering him for this fight. Something tells me that I could see lightning striking twice here with Royville and just you know, surprising a lot of people because I think a lot of people don't know how good this kid is and he's just getting better every fight. So I'm going Royville by decision for the upset. I think he gets it done and I think he surprises a lot of people and I think this could be his coming out party at Flyweight uh, to really move up the rankings real quick with a big win here over the City Kickboxing product.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, um, I mean it's not just because he's been on the podcast, but... Uh, <laughs> Royville, he actually what's what he said when i asked him about his training and stuff he said that we talked about him being how he gets in the state of flow when he fights and and um the whole thing where he miguel torres is one of the fighters that he tries to emulate who i used to love miguel torres back in the day so i was just like you know what man i mean that 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 that's that's the type of fighter that it's hard for me not to root for so i'm taking brandon in this one too
0: glad to hear you guys say that i was i was leaning that way um France is a pretty active fighter, but now that I see the James, you bring up the, the height difference and, uh, Moreno was five, seven. And that was, you know, the guy who gave France this toughest fight really in the UFC so far gave him a loss. Uh, yeah. So I, I I won't disagree. I, I see it kind of as a coin flip fight. Uh, I don't think there's a finish. I think, uh, I think if there is a finish it'll be Royville catching catching something on France. I don't think you can go the other way around, very likely. But uh yeah, I'll I'll go with you guys. I'll take Roval by de- Royville by decision. Uh I think this could be the the fight of the night category right here too. I think this oh, is yeah. the action packed flyweight event fight that we
2: seems to pop out almost every event. Absolutely. Then we got the uh the guys gunning for the two oh fiver. Uh is yeah, so with.
0: <laughs> first time without Jones or Cormier and what is it James 11 years? 12 yeah, years? Gotta
2: be, you
1: gotta, gotta be a while. Uh, what Shogun was the last one, or was it? Yeah, it was Shogun, that, Shogun that it, yeah. right? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so uh, first time we're going to crown a new light heavyweight champion, 205 pound division, Dominic Reyes, coming off a loss to Jones against Yom Blokovic, uh, who's been on a roll, uh, dropping hammers on people left and right. Gosh, I, I kind of see this is like a almost a blown up version of, of somewhat what we might see in the main event uh, as well, uh, body type wise, and and even uh, even somewhat you know strategy wise. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I want to go with Jan. I, I think it would be cool to have a Polish champion in the UFC. But uh, I, I think Reyes is just too smart of a fighter, and I think that he'll avoid any kind of major uh, major fisticuffs as far as uh, you know foam booth fighting. Um, and I, I don't think he'll be able to be taken down. Uh, his takedown defense has held up fairly strong against uh, against some guys, um, it, it, top guys in the 205. So I'm going to go with Reyes. Uh, I'm going to go five-round fight. I want to go decision, but I, I have a feeling somebody's going to get tired. I'll go with Reyes by a finish uh, mid-fourth round.
1: That's exactly how I'm going on this fight too. You know, initially when this fight was announced, I thought, man, this is kind of a 50-50 fight, but I really dug into the stats a little bit. I'm a stats guy. That's how I like uh, sort of looking at stuff. And I kind of realized that, you know, this is a spot where, you know, Jan is the underdog heading into this fight, but you got to look at who he finished in his last couple of fights too. Corey Anderson, a guy who, you know, was had the big upset over Walker and, you know, sort of had this chip on his shoulder. Like, you know, I'm the guy that you've been disrespecting all these years. And I think, I think Anderson, if anything, sort of lost that for himself. And we've seen Anderson knocked out before too. Like, it's not just this fight. He's had issues before he's been knocked out so I kind of feel like that was blown up a little bit and then he knocked out Luke Rockhold which I mean Rockhold ever since he got knocked out by Bisping or even before that I mean he's he's had some chin issues so um I feel like those two like really impressive wins you got to look at like who he's defeated there in that sense and I mean the win over Souza was good it was a split decision but um you know Blackovic outside those two fights hasn't really blown me away that much and you, you look a couple fights before he got knocked out by Tiago Santos right so um and let's not forget either that Blackovic is 37 years old so Reyes is going to definitely have a. Nice youth advantage in this one. Now, what was the big issue with Reyes in the Jones fight is that he slowed down as the fight went on. People felt like that's why he had to give it to Jones because he won the last couple rounds. Well, guess what? Dominic Reyes took care of that, went to Colorado, training at Elevation Fight Team with Curtis Blades. You got to have good cardio if you're in Colorado because of that elevation. So uh, I think that was a great move for him getting to work out there with guys like, uh, you know, Curtis Blades and Nick Rorick, who he trains with back in California. He came out there with him as well. So uh, from what I can tell, Reyes has had a a really good camp heading into this fight. And I just think he knows too that like you know he he was that close to defeating John Jones. Uh, that's going to give you some extra confidence too going into this fight as well. So I think Reyes, I, I'm with you. I think he gets a late finish as opposed to a decision. I mean. Uh, you know, Reyes has, has had some fights where, I mean, he's only really had one bad fight and that was the Ozdemir fight where I think he lost. Um, but outside of that, you know, he's looked pretty good overall, you know, got a first round finish over Wideman, got a, as far as I'm concerned, a finish over OSP. I know they didn't count it that way, but he did finish him at the last minute um, and they didn't count that one. So I'm going to go Reyes by late finish. I think he gets it done and I think it's, uh, he's going to show that he is, uh, you know, the best 205 right now uh, in the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's uh, another one we're all on the same page for. I'm going Reyes as well. My only difference is, I think, uh, I think he does go to a decision because Blockowitz has obviously been looking pretty good. He's coming off a win. Reyes coming off of a, uh, you know, the decision loss. But um, you know, I, uh, I do think that, uh, I do think uh, Reyes can can pull off the W here on Saturday night. Uh, and then we got the. The one that Dana White is calling to be fight of the year candidate, the main event, Arasania versus Costa.
0: Wow, yeah, this is a fight that uh, a lot of people have been looking forward to for a while. The fight that should have been ideally made uh, with, you know, instead of the Orel Romero fight, which uh, left kind of a bad smell in a lot of people's, uh, you know, faces or nose or however mm-hmm. they want to say it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, uh, I. Gosh, I love the idea of. Well, I wish this fight was in Australia, but it's not. So it's not really somebody coming into somebody's backyard, like I think we thought we were going to get. I I gotta go with this Adesanya. I think he's again smart. I think he'll he'll be able to move. Uh, I, I think much like I think Reyes. I think it'll be very similar where he, he'll he his length and he'll just use his fight IQ to either find the shot or eventually frustrate Costa enough where he'll just win a decision and and. Uh, cost or costa gases out trying to make too much happen i'd love to see costa win just for the the drama and, and the potential that we could have for a, a cool little trilogy fight almost uh scenario between two currently undefeated guys so uh, i'd love to see it but i i think Adesanya wins i don't know if it's going to be as exciting as as uh, the promoter would like you to believe but uh, i hope i'm wrong i, I just the you the Romero fight uh makes me wonder if, if Adesanya is more about just keeping his title or or, you know, taking people out uh, while working his way towards the Hall of Fame.
1: I'm going Adesanya as well here. Um, I, I think part of that Romero fight as well was was on Romero's end too. I mean, re- remember when he fought Whitaker, he was still throwing bombs later in that fight in that second fight. And so, why wasn't he doing it against Adesanya? I think two, it takes two to tango. But um, you know, what it comes down to me is is a, is a couple different things. Um, you know, uh, Adesanya is going to have a height and reach advantage in this fight, which is interesting um, in terms of the uh, the style matchup and everything. Um, And then on top of that, you got to look at the kickboxing experience that Adesanya has. I feel like people really glance over that. And that is a lot to, to take in. I mean, he has a lot of experience heading into this and not even just that, but UFC experience as well. In terms of overall competition, Adesanya's fought the better guys. I know they have a common opponent in, um, or sorry, they don't have a common opponent, but uh, um, they, uh, you know, they both like, like for example, like Adesanya's went over Brunson. That looks really good right now. Brunson's been on a nice, you know, tear lately. Uh, Calvin Gaslam, That was a fight where Adesanya got rocked, was able to come back. It showed that Adesanya has heart if the fight goes later in the rounds. That's the thing. Like if Costa doesn't finish this fight early is he going to be able to go five rounds? He went to a decision with you all Romero, but I mean, that was a three round fight. So how's he going to do if the fight goes a little bit later? That's where I think Adesanya has the edge as well. And, and I just think Adesanya is the better technical striker. As long as he doesn't get clipped, which I don't see happening. Um, I, I think he's, he's on his way to winning this one. And you know, people talk about Adesanya, the, this boring fighter, like, you know, he had like a fight of the year with Gaslam two fights before that he knocked out Robert Whitaker, only guy at middleweight to knock out Robert Whitaker and and was just like an incredible fight. I just think Adesanya is the better fighter. And I think it's a case of where, you know, fans love Costa more because he's more of an entertaining guy for every single fight, but they're kind of glancing over the fact that Adesanya has a nice body of work himself. So, um, I, I see Adesanya either getting like, like a late finish when Costa gets tired, kind of like the Reyes, uh, Blackovich fight, or I see him taking a decision in this one, but I think it's going to be a good fight. There's got to be some pressure on Adesanya knowing that last fight was not very good you're not gonna you know keep getting that money from puma and everywhere else if you're putting on fights like you did last time so i think um i I think he puts on a good performance in this one and i think he really uh you know reminds fans that he is one of the best in the world so i think adesanya gets it done
2: yeah it's hard not to pick him uh given how uh, his uh the way he's performed in his last few fights i I know not not the very last one but the thing about that last one is uh you know people were talking about how they really weren't engaging and stuff like that but that's when you're when you're coming from the level of striking, like like James said, you know a lot of people just glance over his kickboxing experience. But I mean, range and footwork is is part of of the striking arts. And um, you know, Adesanya is going to take the time that he needs to find the range and the footwork that he needs to either make his opponent gas out or, or make them make the mistakes that he needs them to make to to land the liver shots or the head shots or the stuff that makes them you know to pop out, to to score the knockout like he did against Whitaker. Um, I definitely can see that happening against uh, Costa, just because the Costa's, you know, coming forward and attacking. I mean, it's more of a brawling style it's, it's not as cerebral as Adesanya's is. But um, I do think uh, I do think it's going to go into the later rounds, and if a finish comes, it'll be on Adesanya's side in like round four or five, um, unless, like you said, if if, Ades- if uh, Costa catches him early with something that hurts him. But you know, uh, I mean, his footwork and his head movement and he just seems to—he's uh, too savvy, I think, to get caught early. He'll be expecting it, so yeah, I think we're all on the same page for that one. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Those are our picks for UFC 253.
0: So you guys are even across the board, and I have uh, Eubanks. You guys have Vieira.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to check the odds. I mean, like like I've said on other episodes of this podcast, my the, my picks for who's going to win is never who I. You know, throw down in the sports books, so we'll see what happens. Um, I usually make my bets Thursday, Friday. I know, James. I know you discuss gambling a lot, coming from MMA odds break, breaker. And when I, uh, I'm sorry, I haven't watched your stuff as much often as I. I usually do jump in on your Definitely live chat, and it's
1: uh, it, it's pretty. It's yeah. pretty. Tough. I do a lot of stuff, man. No, no worries on that. That's fine. So,
2: but you know, I I have two monitors. So at my day job, I have two monitors. So I usually leave MMA stuff up on one, and I and I work on the other one. And I've been working from home because of the COVID thing, so it's like I I only have the one monitor, so I got to do, you know, the stuff for the day job, unfortunately, but... Um, yeah, James,
1: gambling stuff's huge. Uh, like, like, sorry, I just didn't, didn't mean to interrupt you there. But uh, yeah, it's, right. I, I find more and more, especially this day and age, with you know st- gambling being legal in, in certain parts of the United States, like it's uh, it's really blown up. A lot of I see a lot of people doing betting content now. Like, I remember when I was working for Odds Breaker, there was a handful of people. Now it's like everywhere. People are doing you know DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, you know, just straight up betting and stuff. So it's interesting. I love all that. That's why, like, I you know, people are like, why do you tweet out the prop bets? Because I find it interesting. I think it's so cool to like see how like people are are betting. On on fights and stuff it's very interesting
0: james one quick question uh while yep. we still got you here course, uh yeah. what uh what's your opinion on michael chandler he's uh obviously coming over from bellator uh former multiple time champion there uh as somebody who obviously is a fan of all mma what uh what do you think he fits in that in that mix and uh what do you what fight would you want to see him in
1: yeah, I think I think it's a great move. I, I sort of expected this to happen because I just didn't see, you know, a Pipple rematch or or a you know trilogy fight against Brent Primus being very lucrative for Chandler. I'm sure he would have made more money in Bellator, but I think there's a part of Chandler too that's you know made a lot of money outside the cage. And I think he knows now it's like, okay, let's really see what I'm made of. He's in the prime of his career right now. I think he'll do quite well. Um, you know, I didn't expect Eddie Alvarez to win a UFC title and he did. So I mean, I'll never underestimate anyone coming over from another promotion. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I I think um you know, it's, it's a good move to, to see what he's made of. I, I think you could throw him in there with the Wolves. You know, I think like a Charles Oliveira fight would be great just to see where he's at. You know, I think Oliveira is one of those guys that, you know, maybe rankings wise, he, sh- he isn't where he should be. But I think that last fight against Kevin Lee really just showed that he's good everywhere. I mean, that striking looked amazing. And then, you know, his pedigree on the ground as well. So I think that would be a good fight. Um, you know, I know they're trying to, I guess, do the Tony Ferguson fight. But obviously, you know, I think Ferguson and Poirier really want to make that fight happen. So I think that's kind of uh, off the table. Um, you know, maybe like a Paul Felder, but I don't know, is that the type of fight that Felder's going to want us, you know, come out of his sort of soft retirement that he's on right now. I don't know if that's the fight to do it. Um, but, but I want to see him tested. I don't want to see him fight like an ally Quinta or like someone ranked higher in the rankings. I'd rather see what he's made up. It's not like Chandler's like a prospect. You got a groom in the UFC. He's been, you know, he's been battle And Here's the weird thing about Chandler too, guys. It's like, Remember, like, Will Brooks beat him? You remember, like, he had a couple setbacks. Like, that Brooks fight especially, I remember he did the timeout. Like, he was, like, he was done. Yeah. Like, I thought, like, yeah. this might be the end of his career. It was a very weird moment what happened there. And, he, and you know, and he had obviously got knocked out by Pitbull as well. But then, you know, he got the knockout over Sydney Outlaw and got the knockout over Benson. So, it's like, what type of Michael Chandler are we going to get? I honestly don't know, but... I wish him well, because I one of the things I hate with fans is that they always be like, oh, you're going to Bellator to like, you know, end your career. Like, no, there's good fighters in Bellator. There's Bellator fighters that will beat a lot of UFC fighters. That stuff drives right. me nuts. Let's just be fans of the fighters, and not the promotion. That's the stuff that drives me nuts. So I want to see Chandler do well. I think it would be good to see him go there. And, uh, you know, do I think he'll win a title? No, but I think he'll be very entertaining. and I think he'll win a lot of fans coming over.
0: Yeah, it's funny. You mentioned Charles Oliveira. That's the fight that I was, I was calling for. And then, uh, I say, I ba- you mentioned Eddie Alvarez. I basically said, let's give him the Eddie Alvarez treatment. Maybe he wins the title, but worst case, he's probably going to go like four and three, but
2: mm-hmm. we're going
0: to get to see seven epic fights with michael chandler to end his career basically you know and you'll have the you'll have the ufc quote-unquote ufc fans who will call him a bum and overrated but then all the mma fans of the world will will get to you know just like eddie alvarez will get back to look back at his you know fight with cowboy and and gagey and and uh, melendez and heck all all the guys that he fought you know all the name fighters so yeah man i i think that that's that's a great idea and i uh agree with everything you said on that on him
2: yeah yeah, I do too. Um, James, why don't you, uh, if, be, before you uh, make your way out, I know you got another interview scheduled soon. Um, if you want to go ahead and plug all your stuff and where folks can follow you, by all means, the floor is yours.
1: Awesome. Well, first off, thanks for having me on, guys. I do watch your show. I love being on. Uh, and, you know, Matt, one of these days, hopefully I'll get up to a Bellator card and we can uh, grab a beer out there when I'm uh, when I'm down there, when they'll let me out of this damn country with COVID. I'm <laughs> stuck here. So I haven't been to the States since March. So uh, hopefully that'll change soon. But uh, yeah, best way to get a hold of me, Twitter, Instagram, same handle, at Lynch on Sports. Uh, DMs are always open if your audience wants to ask me any questions or anything that we talked about here today. Happy to, uh, to do that. And I post all my work up there too. Uh, but my YouTube channel, that's my baby, youtube.com slash lynch on sports i keep it easy across the board there uh that's where you're going to find pretty much all my stuff because even the stuff i do for other outlets i put it in playlists on my channel so you guys can find the stuff there um i got a bunch of stuff coming up here for, for 253 i interviewed Jan Blakovich, i interviewed diego sanchez i interviewed uh you know a handful of other fighters on that card and i got the pros picks which i know people like uh where you know i asked a bunch of fighters their picks for you know the main event co-main event and everything like that so uh, so yeah but uh, more importantly guys thanks so much for having me on and like i said ed i definitely owe you a beer for that compliment that was a uh, really nice you, so i appreciate it, buddy. Thank yeah, they let you man. I like I out of coming. Canada. I mean I,
0: I'm <laughs> I'm out of my mind. I booked today for BKFC thirteen in Kansas. So uh so yeah I, I'm I gotta get back on the road and start I stuff. That, man.
1: That, that's one thing that's <laughs> I'm getting cabin fever. I haven't I haven't covered a single event this year live. I've done the virtual media stuff but nothing, nothing live, man. And I got to tell you, I'm I'm going through the withdrawal. Like I love covering cards in Vegas. That's like one of my favorite things. New York's right up there too. Had some good times out there as well. That Bellator NYC card uh, that you were mentioning, that was like one of my favorite cards of all time, like to cover. I yeah. so was like showing you like just, yeah, we could talk for hours about that, but uh, I miss it. So Trudeau, I mean, let, let's figure something out here, buddy. Let's, uh, let, let's try and get, uh, let's, let's make MMA coverage essential work and we'll, uh, you know, get me out there. We'll see.
0: There it is. Yeah. Fans can follow us at uh, at uh, at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Check us out on allaccessmma.com. You can follow me, Matthew Hawkins at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed on Twitter at Carbizol, at Carbizol on Instagram, and Oldhead Carb on twi- on Twitch. Got it right this week. Yes uh, sir. So- thanks james for joining us uh great talk man and and nice to finally uh speak to you face to face it's great
1: absolutely guys anytime you want me on you let me know doors open
2: man thank you
1: no problem all right
2: hey guys ed here east coast side of the coast to coast combat hour podcast if you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening, and if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.